Good evening, good evening, happy Friday. Uh, today's January 21st. <clears throat> uh, if you may have listened uh, the other night, obviously we posted an episode with a couple DJs, my good friends Connor and Danny, um, just discussing kind of nightlife uh, through their through their lens as a DJ. I had another friend that I really wanted on the podcast. He thought he was an athlete that night, so he was uh, busy playing basketball. Uh, his name is Adam Warfield. <clears throat> this is just kind of a quick intro for him. He recorded some stuff, uh, some thoughts. It's pretty comical, pretty funny. Uh, he yells at Coco a lot, like so he's not a bad dad dog. He just yells a lot, I guess. Um, again, as always, no editing, no fixing anything. Uh, raw and uncut, as always. <clears throat> but yeah, he just kind of sheds some, shed some light. Talks about some some good DJs, some some of the same ones that. You heard Connor, Danny, and I discussed the other night. Talks a little bit about venues and, you know, his look, his outlook on it. So I uh, hope you guys get to listen to this one as well. Again, I think this one's kind of cool. It's pretty personalized from him and kind of lets you into his world a little bit. Uh, I love the fact that he mentions, uh, you know, be a genuine human being. Um, I think he and any one of my friends can tell you that I preach that. Anyone on my staff can tell you I preach that. Uh, you know, running bars for me isn't about getting as much money out of everyone as possible. I think it's just about being a genuine human being because that creates longevity and that creates good service and uh, authentic service. You know, um, I always tell my staff, like, you're not going to sell a cocktail that you wouldn't drink. So make the people something that they want, that they like, that they're going to drink and they're going to get more than one. Um, so, again, listen to this. Listen to Adam. He's He's been around for a bit. He's a little OG. In Nashville, uh, in my opinion, one of quietly one of the most underrated DJs. I think if you know him personally uh, as a colleague DJ um, or just as a friend, you know that. And I only say he's underrated because he doesn't play enough. So um, that's my shameless plug. You guys need to book him more. He's a solid DJ. Uh, he's professional and he's an adult. He doesn't get wasted on the job. He's 37. He's kind of old. So, um, yeah, listen in, tune in. Uh, we appreciate you guys as always. Uh, much love. Have a great Friday night. And listen to the lovely sounds of Adam Warfield's voice after this. What's up? Uh, this is Warfield. Uh, most people probably know me by by my last name uh, when I'm DJing, uh, and my good friends know me as Adam. Um, uh, but I, uh, whenever I introduce myself, I introduce myself by my last name, Warfield. There are some other DJs in the Nashville area. Uh, with the same first name, and I did not want to be confused or other people to be confused as to who I was. Um, anyway, um, so Trav asked me uh, if I would um, hop on his uh, Just a Dude podcast, so big shout out to him for uh, even considering my opinion Um because, I mean, that's, 
it's, it's very flattering to have someone give a shit about your thoughts and your, and opinions on, on certain things. Um, and uh, I feel like I have uh, enough experience that I should be able to offer a good insight um, on the uh, the nightlife industry uh, in Nashville uh, or the nightlife industry in general, as well uh, as uh, the the DJ scene here in Nashville and how it's grown uh, from what it used to be uh, uh, and where it is now. Um, uh, also, shout out to Connor and Danny for hanging out and being on the podcast uh, with Trav this week. Uh, I respect and love both of them. They are my brothers and um, they, uh, they are two of nashville's uh best in my opinion and uh i would i would think that uh there are others in in the nashville area that would uh say the same especially the folks that voted in nashville scene last year what up connor dj houndstooth um (laughs) um but anyway uh so shout out to all, all three of those guys and um uh, for for giving their their input and um, uh, once again just happy to uh, be able to share mine as well. Okay, I feel like that intro was way too long, but um, anyway, so I'm gonna go ahead and um, address the giant racist elephant on Division Street, um, and that's with the uh, the events that. Uh, uh, happened a couple weekends ago at uh, Rebar. Uh, there's no need to, to beat around the bush. Rebar uh, has been on Division Street for uh, a long time. Uh, from from as long as I can remember, um, from when I started playing in downtown, uh, I had a, a residency uh, at Blue Bar, which is directly across. Uh, the street from Rebar, and uh, I was at Blue Bar for maybe two years, uh, almost every Friday night, um, and I worked for my quasi-racist owner there, too, um, and, uh, you know, there are definitely some comments that that person had made that were very questionable, but at the time, you know, I was... I was still new in Nashville. I wasn't, I, you know, there there weren't a lot of venues to just play at regularly, and I had a good gig, so um, I just, you know, kept my head down, played the music, and I had some really good times at, at Blue Bar. Uh, it has now uh, become a tacos and tequila or, or something now, I think. Uh, so R.I.P. to to Blue Bar. Um, but after I left Blue Bar, I went across the street to Rebar, and man, Rebar was jumping. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that was the spot, and it was always live there. And um, uh, it it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't a problem. It didn't seem like it was going to be a problem for a while until I met the owner. Her name is Rhonda. It needs to be said. Her name is Rhonda. Everyone knows who she is. 
because this isn't the first time she's done some stupid shit like this in the past uh, before. Um, but Rhonda came up to me one night when she was out drinking at, at Rebar with her friends, which big, uh, like just a word of advice to, to everyone that owns a bar. Um, don't come in and drink on a Friday night or Saturday night and get trashed because you might do some stupid shit that's going to come back on you. Uh, but anyway, that with that being said, Rhonda came in one night and it was like 11 o'clock at night on a Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. I mean, this was several years ago. And she requested Mustang Sally. I'm, not, I'm talking like peak hours. She wanted to hear Mustang Sally. And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't think this is the time or place to be playing this old ass 60s song that 70% of your patrons won't know and they definitely won't vibe with. I mean, I'm probably playing like Pitbull or Usher or some, you know, basic top 40 dance music that all racists can enjoy. And that's, you know, it's just fun party music. And she wants me to play Mustang sound. I'm like, this bitch is crazy. Um, I played 30 seconds of that song. I spun out of it as quickly as possible. Uh... And she, I mean, I don't think she ever came back to say anything. Um, but uh, another instance that I have with, with Rhonda is when she came up to me another night. And it's, once again, it's packed. She's making money. The bar is packed, right? There's a line outside the door going all the way down to, like, uh, I guess where, I guess where Dogwood would be. Or, or no, I'm sorry, like maybe Winners and Losers. And she comes up to me and says, I need to hear four country songs back to back. It's getting too dark in here. Like, what the fuck, man? Are you serious? It's getting too dark in here? Now, this isn't the first time that I've heard this from a bar owner, okay? I heard this shit in college uh, in Murfreesboro, right? Um, there, there used to be, like, code words for when it got, quote, too dark in here, and... I, you know, but at the time I was young, I was just learning how to play in bars and, you know, the, uh, the logistics of, of how that is, is run. So, um, I was like, this, this is ridiculous. So I played like two or three country songs and I went back to, to playing whatever it is I was playing. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I was able to keep, keep um keep playing there just because you know she owns the bar i mean what am i, what am I gonna do you know she never said any like you know she's never dropped the n-word but like i've heard the term it's getting too dark in here i mean everybody uses that 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 uh that phrasing uh but we all know it's just a uh a way of a roundabout way of saying that there's too many black people here. Now, from a bar owner, bar manager's perspective, I can I understand that some people, not just black people, will come into the bar and they'll just stand around. They won't buy any drinks. They'll get like a Sprite or a Red Bull and they'll just stand around and they'll go dance on, you know, girls that don't want to be danced with and it can be awkward. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, like, maybe they don't like to drink. Maybe they just want to go where they can hear some music, 
you know, maybe meet some people, maybe look at a couple girls, you know, just, you know, just see the sights. Now I get it. If they're being, if they're being aggressive and uh, trying to, to dance up on some girls that maybe don't like it, well then that's the, the job of the bouncers and the security to notice these things and be like, hey, this guy is creeping out the rest of our patrons. Maybe we should get them to leave. You know, and that could be black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter who it is. And and so, you know, there it it's it takes it, it's the entire bar's responsibility to make sure that everyone can go to these venues and these bars and feel safe and feel like they can let loose without um being accosted or harassed by uh, you know other people in that bar um and it can be difficult at times i mean there's lots there's lots of stuff going on but you know that's that's the responsibility of the security the management the bartenders all of that it's not just it's not solely on the dj it's not just about the music we're playing which you know alludes to um uh what trav was saying uh, when you go to uh, Rosemary and hear Coach playing, you know, B-Sides Hip Hop in East Nashville on a Thursday night, like, you know, the, he's playing hip hop the entire night and it's not, it's not a problem. Like, you can still go and play rap music um, and, and, you know, an R&B and all that without, you know, ensuing violence, you know, or instigating violence. It's all about... Um, security, not overserving the, the 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 patrons that are there, and uh, and not you know maintaining your capacity levels. That it, there all of this shit go, comes into play. Um, and there are a couple venues that do that very well. I'll, I'll be the first to say that uh, DLS or Dirty Little Secret at Dream Hotel does a very good job of. Of monitoring the situations throughout the night um, and maintaining uh, a certain amount uh, of people that enter uh, that venue, and honestly, I haven't. I've never seen a situation when I've played there or when some of my other colleagues have played there that got out of hand. Um, so big ups to uh, the staff there, the management there, uh, Gr Morgan. Um, and some of the others that have uh, walked through those doors in the past. Also, this this portion of the podcast is sponsored by Chattanooga Whiskey, which uh, I'm having an old fashioned right now. It is Thursday. It's been a it's been a hellish day. Uh, I I do have a day job, and uh, where I deal with people all day long and all different walks of life and personalities. And today I dealt with the personality. Uh, that was uh, un- uh undesirable. We'll just we'll just say that. So I'm 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 having a drink because of that reason. And uh it's it's playoff weekend. Go Titans. Um but anyway, um uh, going back to the rebar situation, AJ Kang, uh big props to you, man. It it I I'm sure this isn't the first time this has happened. And and now he he had enough, and um, he said he wasn't going to just, you know, bow down and be like, you know, just shut up and take the money, basically. It's like, fuck the money. 
I don't like the way she runs her, her business and uh, I, I don't like the way she she is handling uh, her employees. And it's not just AJ. Like she's been disrespectful to numerous other DJs that have played there. Like you're if, if we weren't here, you wouldn't make any money. And she's about to see that, I hope. I hope she does. And uh, um, I, I'm, I'm really curious to, to see how this weekend plays out <laughs> with that stupid post under new management. Yeah, I bet you are under new management because you're probably your old manager walked the fuck out when, the, when all this shit happened. It was like, I don't want to work for this racist bitch either. And so they left. Or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to speculate. I'm just assuming. And uh, you're not fooling anybody with the under new management post on your, in, on your Instagram. Like, we read right through that shit. As long as the owner is still Rhonda and whoever else uh, is under her LLC or whatever it may be, I don't, I'm not going there. And I would encourage others not to go there. The best way to send a message is to hurt their pockets, right? So if you don't go to that bar, they don't, then you don't have to buy drinks, and she doesn't get paid. She gets stuck with the bill. Better believe it, she gets stuck with the bill, and then she's going to be pissed off. Well, she needs to sell that hoe and get out, because we don't want you here anymore. I ought to go shut up in front of Rebar on Friday and just play, like, Hard ass rap music. I'll probably go to jail, but it's for a good cause. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, yeah, that's it's sad to, to to know that that still exists, um, especially with all the the new blood that's moving here, um, people from the west coast and east coast that are are buying up the, this land and these buildings and um, introducing their um, their nightlife culture and their dining experiences that you know Nashville's uh, Nashville residents probably haven't um, experienced in the past. Uh, but also Nashville's a transient city. I mean, you've got to adjust with adjust with the times, and you've got to adjust with um, with the population change and um, and the type of people that live here now. Because the people that moved here from Chicago, New York, L.A., Miami, wherever, they still appreciate those those bars and nightclubs that um, that play dance music and uh, you know that play hip hop, that play house, that that you know play uh, uh, dubs or wubs or whatever you know. And then in um, Nashville's done a pretty good job at you know um, having venues that 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 play all those things. And and that's uh, that. I mean, it shows because I mean, even hotel lounges are like we need we need to have a DJ on the roof. You damn right, you need to have a DJ on the roof. Um, I was at LA Jackson for two years, uh, and they you know they've had they've had DJs there uh, even before me. And uh, LA Jackson was the spot. I, I say was. Uh, I, I I just don't know if anybody goes there as much as they used to because the W's here now and and there's just more options. Not to say that L.A. Jackson in the Thompson Hotel isn't a wonderful establishment. Uh, it it is, but it was it was also much better uh, once upon a time. Um, but uh, anyway, there there are, there are several other places 
that are em- employing DJs because they want the, that that big city vibe, you know, like the LA's and New York's and such. Um, and with more opportunities, brings more DJs. Whether they've been DJing for 15 years or 15 days. And uh, so that brings me to my next topic is the, uh, the, the influx of uh, uh, different DJs. Now, I've been in Nashville playing for maybe, I don't know, eight or nine years. Um, I think, I know Coach and Ray have been doing it in Nashville for a long time. There's a couple others um, that I know of, but uh, they don't play as much, uh, like on a weekly basis, like coaching, right? And shouts to them, man. They've, I remember when Jeremy, which is his coach, I remember when they used to have this party at 12th and Porter uh, called Y2K, and that shit was fun. Now, I was just working security back then, um, uh, every now and then with my, uh, my friends at the time. Uh, but those parties were dope, man. And and then they had they had swing um, over in the east side, and uh, then eventually we started learning we started learning about uh, boom bap with rate and um, uh, funky good time with rate and bowls and and case bloom I think was a part of that I, I I may be wrong but. You know those guys have been here much longer than <clears throat> than I have and some of my other friends and but um then you got you know then you got these guys that or girls that have probably been that probably picked up a controller a year ago two years ago and they're playing all these these hot spots and it's like this ain't this ain't how I remember you know earning my <laughs> earning my uh my wings I guess or whatever like earning my stripes like I I had to play some really boring ass gigs like where people weren't th- like people weren't there or you know I remember Danny and I were playing level three in, <laughs> in the borough on uh on like a Wednesday or Thursday for a bar tab just to like just to play uh and you know we played in college I mean you played there's some there's some shitty bars in Murfreesboro it is what it is we played some shitty bars in Murfreesboro but it was lit back then um but we've also played some not so great gigs in Nashville and you know that's that's how you earn your that's how you earn your stripes you got to get through these other like you know, kind of boring gigs, and and get better until someone notices you, notices you, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're really good. I need you to play my, my my venue, play my event, or whatever." You know, but if you want to go out, purchase some followers, and take a bunch of pictures, and uh, play the same genre of music, uh, that's it's not very hard to mix. Um, and then you know you get playing on these <laughs> whether they're festival circuits or or uh you know you're opening up for people uh, uh on the uh, at the assembly hall or rooftop or you're you know and it's like but this guy's trash you know <laughs> like 
he's it, there's no he's they're not diverse and um I I pride myself and I think Danny and Connor would would agree that we try to pride ourselves on being very di- that's my puppy hey hi baby it's okay we pride ourselves on being diverse and being really good at at, at open format because. Um, if you're playing a four hour set, you can't play house music for four hours unless you're, you're going specifically to go watch or listen to a house party, you know, uh, or, or a hip hop party. You've got to be a diverse, you got to play hip hop, you got to play pop, you got to play throwbacks, you got to play, you know, house. A four hour set, man, or a five hour set, shit, we've, we've done those and, uh, you know, you just, you, and you have to be able to read the room properly. You know, we you guys talked about that um, on the podcast that, you know, you'll show up at a brunch at 11 a.m. on a Saturday and start playing some heavy trap wub stuff. And people are looking at you like, what the fuck are you playing? It's 11 a.m., dog. Like, chill out. Like, spit on it before you get put it in like you know like <laughs> ease me into this i haven't even popped my first bottle of champs and you're already going hard it's wild and then they'll say uh like management will come up to him and be like hey man um we're we don't play that at brunch here and then their their excuse is well i'm an artist and this is how this is how i play no, you're not. You're not an artist, bro. You're an employee of me. And uh, this ain't it. This ain't how we do things here. Okay? And if you don't want to do it that way, then you just won't ever play here again. How about that? If you're an artist, dude, then <laughs> I don't see... You're, you're, you're playing ticketed events. You're not playing 11 a.m. brunch at Ainsworth on Saturday. You know what I mean? People are paying to see you as an artist. You know, and there, there's a cover when you get in. You know, there's an Eventbrite page, and I pay for access to your show. That's an artist. Yes, I'm an artist too, but I don't have no releases. I don't charge $50, $50 a head for people to come see me at, at Dream. I mean, that would be dope, but I'm not there. I'm not on that level. I don't have the blue check mark, right? Um. So, yeah, like... Reading the room is very important, and wubs at eleven a.m. on Saturday, that ain't that ain't it. I, I'm I'm almost guaranteeing it. Um, and a lot of these new DJs don't know that they haven't they haven't been through it. They don't know, you know, how to warm up the crowd. They don't know how to flip the room. You know, let's say I'm playing a set at. I'm playing a set at DLS, and I go in and I'm playing, I'm playing some heavy like future bass, or, or I'm playing, uh, uh, you know, I'm going uh, '90s hip hop, and I spin off like four or five '90s hip hop songs. Well, I also know that there's a lot of new music that uh, samples '90s hip hop or 2000s R&B. Let's change the room. Let's let's bring it to something that's a little more current. Well, hell, let's transition up and and up the tempo, and uh, let's let's go play some some nice house tracks 
to get the the people jumping in here and then let's slow it back down like you got to be you got to it's it's a roller coaster and you got to be able you have to know how to do that the right way based upon what the how the crowd is moving what time it is um during your set you know is it midnight is it is it 10:30 is it is it almost time for last call you got to know how to bring them up and then bring them back down and then bring them back up and then bring like like a roller coaster a lot of dudes don't know how to do that that's not good djing maybe you should work on your craft maybe go uh go see others play you know that's that's huge go i mean on my nights off and i and i think connor and, and and danny and anyone else would say the same on our nights off I, it's good to go out and listen to others play. Now, I don't, I don't really hang out on Broadway a whole lot, but every now and then I'll go see Eric Fortin. I'll go see Joel Vargo, which those two guys, holy shit, you guys have been working for TC Group. Well, I guess not so much Eric anymore. Eric kind of paved his own way to, to do his thing at Nudie's, and he's killing it. And, but they worked for TC Group for so long, like I know I can find one of them or Donnie. I can find them. Uh, at one of those uh, four establishments almost any night, you know, especially on the weekends. So you can go and you can go listen. And you might pick up on, you might learn something just from what they're playing. Or, uh, you know, you go over to Eastside and you're like, what are these guys playing? How are they transitioning out of these, these tracks? And how are they reading the room? Or, you know, you go into Midtown and you're like, man, these Midtown DJs are trash. <laughs> Uh no 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 that's uh that's a joke that's a joke that's uh that's a joke um but I mean sometimes you go into a room and you're listening and you're just kind of disappointed like I these you know these people are here weekly every week they copy and paste their lineups and it's like it's the same damn thing and it's not always great um. Some people don't realize that because uh they you know they just they're untrained to the ways of of like maybe they just haven't heard really good DJing because they keep going to the same bars every night. They need to venture out. But that's you know that's something that we like to do on our on our on our nights off is is go see our friends, say what's up, show support, but also listen to how they're playing and you know maybe we pick up on some things or maybe uh, may we bounce because it's, it's been 20, 30 minutes and it's been awful. <laughs> I, it really just depends. Um, uh, I've, I, I guess I should have put together a timeline or an outline. I didn't do that. I'm kind of just walking around my studio talking. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, allude back to what, what else was talked about. <laughs> Um, shit, I'm having a hard time. Let me, uh, let me take a break. It's been about 30 minutes. I don't know if you need that much info from me. Let's take about 30 minutes. I'm going to use the bathroom and I'm going to do another segment. All right, all right, all right. I I am back with the second half 
of this segment. Um, honestly, not sure if Trav needed uh, a full hour from me or not. Um, but I just got the um, I just got the bullet points um, from his his last episode with uh, Danny and Connor. So uh, now I can stay on task. I'm not just talking out of my ass. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So, uh, some of the key points we talked about, obviously the rebar, uh, situation and, um, uh, the different perspectives on that. Um, let's talk about, uh, national popularity experience, music industry background. Um, all right, let's talk, well, we talked a little bit about music selection, um, I kind of touched a little bit on that as far as my music selection when I'm playing gig really depends on the venue, right? Uh, and, and the other guys will say the same thing. Really depends on the venue. Um, it depends how, how the, you set the tone. Um, I'm kind of like Danny and Connor in the same way where I'm going to start out playing uh, some old school hip hop or maybe some R&B. Um, uh, if I'm at uh, if I'm at Tin Roof or if I'm at Ainsworth or um, uh, what's a couple other places, uh, L.A. Jackson when I was there, um, yeah, I've cut, played Zeppelin, wherever it was that I've, I've, I've played recently in like a lounge setting. I feel like old school hip hop, R&B really goes well. Uh, some of that, that uh, like lo-fi type stuff that has a nice uh chill chilled out hip hop beat something you can nod your head to um but then you know you might go to uh you might go to the w or you might go to uh hampton social or dls and you might start out with some like piano house or some deep house type stuff um and just kind of build from that so there's uh it really depends on the room right really depends on the room. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how I, I base my music selection when starting out and then, uh, ride the roller coaster, baby. Right. So I kind of talked about, I talked about that earlier, just flipping the room, changing the, changing the dynamic, uh, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of different people in the crowd and you're trying to touch every one of them. That sounded kind of weird, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, let's look at social media following. I got a little less than 2000 followers and honestly, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care if I, if I had 500 followers. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if like some, some bar owners, managers, uh, will look at that and, you know, they're thinking, because uh, your Instagram following doesn't mean you have an actual following. I've talked about, you know, DJs claiming or, or uh, how are being self-proclaimed artists and wanting to be treated as such. And once again, unless you are playing ticketed events, your following shouldn't really matter. Um... You know, like the people, I'll, I'll give, I'll tell you the Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid theory that I have. 
We want to be where the people are. Right, Ariel? We want to be where the people are. I could love this DJ, right? I could love Connor. And I do love Connor. Man, I do. But if I've got five of my people with me and maybe a new friend that I'm trying to show around and, and you know, it's just, not, it's just not the night for Connor and it's kind of, it's kind of lame. Well, it's not up to me or to Connor to keep them there because if it's but, we're probably going to bounce because I want to be where the people are, right? So uh, the following doesn't really matter like, unless you're, you're playing ticketed events. That's, that's when it matters. Or uh, if you create your own party, we go back to coach and rate. You create a swing. You create a lost ones. You create a Y2K. The party has a following, right? It's not the DJ per se. Yeah, the DJ or the event company puts on that party, but it's the party that has the following. That's what your focus is. Um, paying for followers, man, that shit is, <laughs> that shit is bogus, man. Like, uh, and I heard Travis talk about it earlier, 20,000 followers on Instagram, 300 likes, what up? Like, that's trash. Like, come on, man, we can do the math. <laughs> we can do the math on this shit. That means your engagement is so low. It's so low. I'm not going to do the math. I'll let you do that on your own. Uh, I've been doing math all day. I don't really care to do it on my day, my time off. But that means you're not reaching anybody or those are a bunch of bots on your 20,000 followers list. It's so trash. And I get it. Like some people may employ a uh, like a marketing or PR team and they they purchase these followers for you. Man, just do it organically. Just be good. Just be a good human. Be a good DJ. You know, show up on time. Be communicative. And um and and, and the the following, quote unquote, will come. I mean I know I know I might get in trouble for this. I don't know who's listening, but you know, we had we had a DJ on this presidential campaign to be the favorite DJ in Nashville and had had fucking flyers posted up on the Nashville scene voting website. <laughs> so, Coco, hey, shut up. And and he had 20,000 followers and he still didn't win. Sush. It's my damn dog. He still didn't win. So it's like, that just goes to show you that paying for a following doesn't help. Coco, hush. Hey, come here. Get your ass over there. You can edit that out if you want to, Trap. My dog's acting a fool right now. Uh, so no, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in my following. I don't care. I'll post every now and then. I like to show people little pieces of my life because I'm human and I post when I want to post on my feed. And then on my story, I'll tell you where I'm at and I'll make it look cool, right? Uh, there are apps that help me look cooler than I am. And, and, and so that's, 
That's what's going on. Um, are you part of a local booking agency? No, it's just me. Uh, I, I do have a company that I work with that will help me um, pick up like wedding gigs. Because I will do wedding gigs, man. Wedding gigs pay really well. It's a long day, but they, they pay really, really well. Um, but yeah, I, I used to be one of the premier guys. Um, I helped start that company as far as like being one of the, the first five DJs, uh, to work for Premier, uh, excuse me, to work for Premier. Um, but they were taking too much money. They were taking too much of the cut. And so I bounced out and, uh, uh, I would, I would book weddings on my own by word of mouth and, uh, I would take all the money <laughs> at that point. So, uh, but Hey, shout out to Premier. Uh, shout out to Aaron and and Jason and anybody else that still may be with them. Uh, but I, you know, I do I I, I do most of booking on my own. Um, I've I've started working a little bit with the Whiskey Jam guys, um, and I know I'm I'm very thankful for that uh, because they, you know, they're kind of spreading their their um, their you know their I forget what I'm going to say. They're they're in a lot of venues now, right? So, um, uh, so trying to get in with them and and uh, but I mean for the most part I'm I'm my own booker. Um, what else we got? All right, we're just trying to go through these. I don't want to be talking for two and a half hours because I'm a chatty Kathy. <laughs> um. Experienced music industry background. I've been DJing since I was 18. I'll be 37 in March. That's that's my experience. Uh, started out with two CD players, a mixer, and uh, two books full of mixed CDs from LimeWire and Napster, where I literally uh, got the, did the BPMs on my own and wrote them down on a sheet of, of paper with the artist name and the BPM and just mix by ear. And also, if you can't mix by ear, if you got to look at a screen to uh, mix your shit, then you're not DJing. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, that's that's DJing 101. Can you mix without a screen in your face? I'd like to see it happen. I bet I could put a lot of people on notice. All right, Nashville environment, parts of town. I don't really know what that means. Guess we're talking like Broadway, Midtown, East Side, about to be West Side. Man, Flamingo is a cool spot. I've only played there a couple times. That's one of those lame gigs I played. It was like a random Thursday night. They wanted like soul and funk, which I love playing. Um, but it wasn't good. Uh, it wasn't good. There weren't a lot of people there, and that's fine. People, you're gonna play those sometimes. Uh, I've seen Diplo play a set at at a uh, festival. Uh, not not in person. I, he posted on a story where there were five people while he was playing right <laughs> right right below him in the crowd. It was it was hilarious. But you know that's humbling, especially for a guy like Diplo, like international 
superstar DJ producer, um, to have five people show up for your set, hey, it'd be like that sometimes. Um, let's see. Favoritism, uh, the way the energy is swaying. You've ever felt some type of way about being booked? You not been, well, you've not been booked. Hey, there's a couple spots that you just you just can't. You you know it doesn't fit your mood. You don't have to take every gig, you know. Um, and and that's okay. Uh, I've played FGL House. I've played. I don't think I've played Luke's. No, I think I just played FGL House. And I knew from after like my second time playing it, this wasn't it. Like I can't, I can't mix country and I can't do what Donnie Donnie uh, D does. Uh, man, that dude is poster child for TC Group. I feel like he's better than than what he than what he he does, but he does it so well, and he's uh, he's fucking killing it, man. He's he's made himself a good living doing that. But that ain't me. I don't like to talk on the mic a whole lot. Um, I'd rather just play good music, uh, watch you know, watch people dance. Every now and then I'll do some shout outs. Um, but uh, I, you know, like you guys said, it's kind of corny unless you've got that voice. And I, I don't think I do. <laughs> uh, I'm not DJ Premier. You know, I'm not Fat Man Scoop. I can't get up on the mic and, 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 uh, and, and make people scream, you know, cause I'm not that guy and I'm not, and I'm not going to pretend to be. Um, I'm almost done. I promise. I'm trying to run through these, try to run through these bullet points. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean it's just uh I like where Nashville's headed. There's there's a lot more opportunities for, for DJs and, and the different styles you can play and um different styles of music you can play, the different genres of music. I think that uh I think there's some restaurant owners, some lounge owners and bar owners that are coming to Nashville and they think they want, they want to get that bachelorette clientele in here. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You know what bachelorettes do? They come into your bar. They get a round of shots. They take some pictures. And then they leave. They don't stay there for three, four hours. All right, I've seen people stay at Ainsworth for two to three hours just because the vibes were right. You know? The vibes were right and... They're they're not bachelorettes. Fuck, they're locals. You know, and they're just watching TV, listening to some good music, getting a drink on, whatever. But bachelorettes, and I've seen it. You've seen these people come into these venues that have like like L.A. Jackson, for instance. Uh, Beautiful rooftop views up there, right? I'll see people come in, snap a photo, don't buy a drink, and then leave. Like, are you fucking kidding me? These quote-unquote influencers up here just taking photos and then leaving? Like, bitch, get the fuck out. Don't don't come in here and and, and do that. What's the difference between a, an influencer coming in, taking a photo on top of the rooftop, and some, you know, 25, 30-year-old black dude 
getting a Sprite or Red Bull and hanging out just listening to music. He don't have to be buying drinks. He might be there for a couple hours. If, as long as he's not harming anybody, if he's just minding his own damn business. And I know people like that. I know people like that, and they never get harassed. Maybe it's because of the way he dresses. I don't know. But, you know, there's a lot of discrimination out there still, and I hate it. I hate it. Not everybody that comes into your bar is going to be an alcoholic. <laughs> I mean, maybe in Midtown, maybe that's the problem. Maybe Midtown, like, if you come to my bar, you're going you're to get trashed. And if you're not getting trashed, you get the hell out. But it's not like that everywhere you go. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm excited to see where uh, it conti- how, how Nashville continues to grow. I'm excited about all these venues. I love hotel bars. I know Trav is not a corporate guy, and that's fine. Like, that's cool. Uh, I'm I'm not really a corporate guy. I just like the aesthetic of the Hyatt, of the W, of L.A. Jackson, of Zeppelin. I mean, I loved playing at the Joseph until they decided they didn't want to do DJs anymore, whether it's because of, you know, the noise problems for the uh, the rooms that were directly below the bar were like, okay, well, don't take a room by the bar. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're still here to make money, and you still want to set the, the 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 vibe right. I think people are attracted to a spot that has a DJ because they don't want to just hear a playlist. Um. Anyway, uh, Trav, thank you so much for even considering my opinions and and um. My my thoughts. I uh, I appreciate you. I, I hope I gave you um, enough content. Um, and and if you ever want to just shoot the shit about anything, like you know whether it's industry related or not, I'm happy to talk about it. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I got, man. Thank you so much. Have a great Thursday. Go Titans. I'll see you this weekend at Tin Roof, baby.